And hello, everyone. Welcome back to Top of the Card, the wrestling podcast that comes to you every other week, except when we skip one. More on that in a bit. Uh, this is a five-person wrestling podcast. It's available on Spotify. It's Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. It is Top of the Card wherever you find your podcasts. I'm one of your co-hosts, Scott. Joining me, uh, as always, because he's back this time, is CT. How are you doing today? If my uh, Discord wants to unmute, I'm doing very good today. <laughs> um, I've had a very lovely day. I am. I work at a high school, so I'm off for both work and schooling for all summer. So I've been relaxing and enjoying the sun. It's been great. That sounds really good. It's uh, been sunny and rainy here, so it's a bit of both. We get a bit of everything, but it's it's probably not as warm out your way. It's it's like it's summer now, right? Basically for you. It'll still get like 15 degrees hotter, but um, it's yeah, it's basically <laughs> summer. Yeah. Uh, Bear me. How are you doing, though? I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, it rained here earlier today, so there's no allergies. So I'm hey. completely good. I'm not dying of everything. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to talk some wrestling. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, very tired. I know that's the running joke, but it's very busy at work, and it's nonstop and just tiring. And yeah, that's how things go. Uh, Red, how are you doing, though? You always have early mornings. Are you tired, or how's it going? I'm very much so tired. I haven't been <laughs> sleeping well the last three days, and then having to get up at 5 a.m. every day doesn't help. I don't get the summers off like some people. Is it raining out your way at all, though? We actually had a nice thunderstorm probably about half hour ago, That about five minutes of just torrential downpour, and then stopped. Okay, okay. So, obviously, then, GMSG, two questions. How are you doing, and has it rained? Uh, I'm doing well, and uh, ironically, the storm that hit Birmi is completely engulfed my state right now so <laughs> it, it started raining an hour and a half ago and it's going to go for another like two three hours so all right so that's your somehow rainy in five different areas of the north american continent uh top of the card cast uh yeah we're gonna jump into things really quick because we did skip last week uh basically because we didn't want to record something before two wwe shows within your house and hell in a cell and have it come out after. So we figure we may as well just like bank all that with double or nothing and go here. And then, you know, the amount of news that kind of came out of that single week alone is insane. So we've got a few things to cover. We also have a limited time with CT. He, even though he's not working anymore, he's got the summer off. He's very busy, but he gave us some overruns. So we'll see what we can do. But we'll just talk real quick about double or nothing because that was all of like two weeks ago now. And it feels like an eternity at this point. Uh, it also was like five hours long and I don't want to dwell on it because there's already fallout. That's honestly more interesting from it. I'll just say briefly that still to me, Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen was my favorite match. The show overall was pretty good. The pacing was actually one of their better ones, except for the fact that it was four plus hours. And yeah, they had more debuts like Mock and Biffin's Hathaway now and Athena is there, Ember Moon. And really, CM Punk is world champion in 2020. More on that as we go. But, uh, yeah, Jameis, I know you were dreading this one for the length, and then they ended up actually going longer that we didn't even know about. Right? Like, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Well, I was with my family the entire day, so I arrived at, like, the last four matches that ended up being an hour and a half, two hours long. I was like, oh, crap, this is going to go a while, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really long. 
Yeah, CT, you were out for most of that as well, right? You came in during, I think, toward the main event? Yeah, I think I just caught the main event in the match before. Um, I didn't really see much of it, and I didn't go back to watch it because it's AEW, and I don't like the show, so <laughs> would I? I do recommend that one. Like I said, Allen versus O'Reilly was fun. Um, that's honestly the one that stood out to me. Red, though, you watched it, though. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, you said everything right. Uh, it was a long show. Uh, the pacing was good. The only part that really just struck a nerve was the fact that the award ceremony for the Owen Hart tournament honestly could have waited until Wednesday. But that, like, the momentum up to that ma- those matches was great, and then it was just like 30 minutes, and maybe it was a little bit shorter, of just talking, and it just sucked all the energy out, and they had to build it back up for the later in the night, which made it over five hours long. But, I mean, for the first half, it was great. And then after the slowdown and having to build back up, it was just mediocre. Barry, what about you? You watched it all five hours. What were your thoughts? I Overall, it was it was a decent show. It, like I said, it was a really long show, but it was paced pretty well. That's one of my biggest things about AEW pay-per-views and shows in general is their pacing. That's one of my biggest gripes and their booking. But yeah, I'd say that uh, Darby-O'Reilly match was definitely my top two matches. I really like Death Triangle versus House of Black a lot. And we finally got the payoff with Julia Hart, which is cool. But those are probably my top two matches. Britt Baker winning another thing kind of displeases me, but you know I like Britt Baker. But she can't; she doesn't have to win everything. But we'll go on. That's that's a rant for another time. But overall, yeah, it was a it was actually a decent show. Yeah, we started calling her Char Britt during that. The the Hardys and the Young Bucks was all right but jeff was clearly banged up like he, he's been walking wounded it seems and just got right messed up during that somehow like his side or his hip uh ribs or something uh, slowed him down still one though and if you want to watch wardlow be the most over man in the building and powerbomb mjf like a dozen times it's a good time it's pretty fun and yeah that house of black death triangle match that was awesome i love that and like i i know a lot of people loved Punk versus Page. They they thought the storytelling was really good. They really enjoyed it. And it wasn't bad. But it was what I was worried about, where it was kind of just a Hangman Page world title match. At the end of all that crazy, even if it wasn't, like, the epicness that I wanted necessarily, out of some of the, like, the hardcore or whatever, it was still just a normal match after all that time and had a long way to go to live up to it and didn't quite do it for me. Not going to crap on others, though. If you liked it, you liked it. There you go. Uh, but yeah, MJF showed up. That'll be my segue to, into the more interesting news, where he wasn't going to, apparently, because he missed a meet and greet, and was iffy because there was apparently a plane ticket bought, and many people thought he was not going to be there because he was on it. For the record, you don't have to be the person to buy the ticket. Like, I could potentially buy a ticket in his name as well like it's but it existed and people were claiming it's a work or it's not a work and it could become a work and then he's on dynamite giving a live mic drops the s-bomb a lot says wwe a lot which i mean that's not exactly a crazy thing that they've done that before but uh throw out some f-bombs that actually did get bleeped but people do have the audio of it and threatened to leave and wanted tony khan to fire him and of course everybody at this point's like well it's got to be a work because he's there I, I mean that's the obvious part of it and since then, he's been removed from all the AEW 
uh, like the merchandise stores and the intros, and there's an edict from Warner Brothers, part of the the, the mergers, because they have the Turner Networks, to not have him on any kind of promotional anymore. And people are like, oh, then it must be real. I mean, USA Network tweets stuff and things like it's. At this point, they're they're trying to push those lines about how far this goes into being a work versus a shoot, and maybe for all we know, Tony Khan is just dumb enough to give that man a live mic when he didn't have things sorted out. It's entirely possible. I wouldn't put it past him. And MJF said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and then went there and did that. I don't know. But that's the kind of guy he is. It could be fun. It's easily the most interesting thing that was going on after all of this. Like, it dwarfed everything, uh, I feel. I don't want to get into the whole, is it a work, isn't it, because whatever. But I've already seen people saying, oh, knowing it's a work makes it less fun. Do you really think they're going to have a loose cannon actually run around like that? Well, it's Tony Khan, you never know. But uh, I know, Red, you were very kind of hyped for this, but you were kind of bummed by the idea like they took him off the, the merch and stuff because it, it, it kind of lessened it a bit. What's your feeling since then? Because it's been an extra week. Well, what's your thoughts with MJF on all this? Because I know you were watching it, I think, and following along with it when it was first happening. So, um, I mean, not much has changed because not much has came out since it. It's been very radio silence. Tony Khan hasn't done any interviews where he's talked about MJF specifically. But my biggest issue is, like, as an average fan, now we know more. We know, look online, you see all these dirt sheets. We know more. But as an average fan, you see this guy beg to be fired cut an awesome promo just feels real so you go online you want to buy a shirt and now you can't and it's like what was he fired was he like i don't know anything so where did he go why can't i find this person anymore especially people that just coming in and just now saw mjf there might not have been that many people that who actually knew who he was up until double or nothing when they first tuned into AEW. we don't know but just the fact that we're supposed to know that this guy has been removed for all these reasons is ridiculous in my opinion if even if there was a tweet saying hey he has been suspended then all of that makes sense now but the fact that there was no spoken word from AEW about his status but they removed him from everything tells me that nothing it makes zero sense for him to be removed somebody begs to be fired doesn't get fired doesn't quit doesn't get suspended but are removed from everything like i just don't get it i mean i know we talked a bit about it in our uh, discord chat before uh, the idea there that I'm thinking is that they're not releasing him because they don't want him to go elsewhere. It's that whole con, like the actual contract type thing we talked about with Ali and stuff like that, where we're not releasing you because you're, you're with us and we're going to work this out and we're not going to discuss it, no comment, and that's it, which is very unlike Tony Khan historically too, which does lead me to think it's a work. <laughs> um, but but stuff like that is is kind of the norm. You don't want to promote someone that you're not happy with. And you, you kind of scrub that. And I, I get that part, too. That's what they're doing. Because if he does leave, you just promoted someone who badmouthed you and left. It does leave a sour taste in that sense, too. Uh, as far as for the main reason, you want to know what's going on? you got to tune into Dynamite and Rampage to find out. They're, they're drawing the eye is, is that part of it, is what I, I really feel. Uh, now, we theorize he could be in the Battle Royal tonight or things like that or whatever. Like The next move will be the real thing to, to clear it up. I feel Pro Wrestling Tees will have a shirt shop for him soon. You know, his own independent one, even though AEW works with them. Things like that to get around it, which are still <coughs> official. There, there's absolutely ways to do it. Or, Tony Khan's a dumbass and he did this for real. We're in that position where I'm not saying that's not possible. Because we've seen what he's done before. 
CT, he's your favorite person. What's your feelings with this insanity? I feel like I really missed something. Leading into Double or Nothing, the reason I was late to Double or Nothing is because I took a road trip with a friend. So I was gone that like entire almost a week. So I came in on Sunday, I think it was, in the Discord, and Reddit was talking about what do we do if MJF doesn't show up? And I was like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't he show up? <laughs> so I missed, I really do feel like I missed the entire thing. Um, I, I agree pretty much. I'm kind of in the middle of you and Red on this. I get why like they that they're drawing this out but they're not advertising it like red is saying like they're not saying tune into dynamite to see what tony khan says about this and i think it probably is just because they genuinely don't know i feel like there's a good chance that he they just said take a month or two off you know we'll come back we'll see what happens once things cools down can we make an agreement um i don't know that for sure it's an assumption but it's weird how they're not using it at all they're not mentioning oh he's fired oh tune in on this oh what's the status of this it is just complete silence and it is completely on the viewer right now to be keeping up with the story to be seeing these updates to be invested and i really worry if this is all a work and they have a deal agreed on and it's great i'm a little worried like ooh, don't let this cool down that much this is a great chance to really make this a heated big thing like mjf always does um, so we will see. I, I, I genuinely don't know. It's curious. I feel like MJF, I said this in our Discord chat too, he's 26 years old. He could re-sign for four more years, make millions of dollars, be their Stone Cold or CM Punk or whatever you want to call him for the next couple of years and finish out that contract and still go to WWE and make major bank there before he's 30. <laughs> like this, He's got plenty of time to figure this stuff out. And then add 10 more years, and now he's into, like, the veterans of, like, an AJ Styles and stuff, right? Like, that's, he's got it made no matter what he does. Or he just sits this out for three years, whatever his contract is, and go makes bank anyway. Uh, the idea, though, like, the, the key part of this, whenever people say, it's a work, it's a work. The whole point of it being a work is to draw eyes and sell. Sell tickets, sell merch, sell whatever. If it's a work, who are they working? Because they're not actively trying to make you buy the merch or view whatever. Like I said, they're kind of doing it in a roundabout way, but the key part of it is to actually make that happen. And if they're simply scrubbing him from everything, that could actually make people go, oh, I guess he's not there. And you just defeated the whole purpose of everything you're doing. The other thing I heard, which is too funny, is that he got cheers, right? For saying maybe he should leave. Maybe would you like me better if I was an ex WWE guy? Uh, the WWE guys you're bringing in can't lace my boots. You know, those kind of lines that we've heard before, but the fans cheered that. And that made AEW sound like the bad guy, and they're not cool. And they apparently didn't like that, which is a far cry from when it was, we'll go with whatever's organic and whatever works, we'll run with it. But if they're not looked at as being cool, you know, all friends rest like MJF called it, they weren't happy about that, and they wanted to cut it and stop it and not have him be the face. Do, do you not realize you just accidentally fell into Stone Cold version 3 and, like, go with it? That's, what are you doing? GMSG, though, what's your, your thoughts on this, on this, uh, what was it, Diet Miz? Punk once called oh. him? I mean, I'm also in the between. It, the problem is they screwed over fans that came to FanFest. And they did that outside of the MJF t stuff, too, so that's not a good look. And then, like, right now, there's all types of chaos in Warner Bros. and Discovery and 
Warren Bros. is not having good luck with their gaming division with AT&T. Like, they're, they're canceling things left and right. They've already restructured their contract with them, and they've pushed Rampage and Dynamite a lot because of NHL and NBA. So it's just trying to, like, figure out, like, if they're really trying to do this work and it's going to backfire, this is the worst time for them to do anything wrong. Like, they have to be firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah, I, I was looking at it with the, the merger stuff because I've seen a bunch of these corporate things before where there's redundancies and people left out. And Again, AEW isn't bankrolled by Warner or anything, but it's their TV deals and their networks that are. If it says someone going, yeah, get that off our network, it's gone. Like, it's that easy for it to happen, then, then it's gone. And, yeah, there's contracts, but they could buy it out and be like, not worth it. And you look at the situation and AEW with MJF could make or break. It could literally be, this is the catalyst, this is the biggest ratings we've got, this is must-see TV. Just get ready on that mute button so we don't have swears go on live TV so the FCC doesn't come after us, right? Like, there you go. That's what you do. You hype that up, you make that be a thing. If it's legit, and he actually skipped out on a meet-and-greet, that's crappy. If it's part of a work and he skipped out on a meet-and-greet, that's still crappy. Like, don't... <laughs> it's. That, there's there's lines that you go through with that, but it's, does all oh, this make it that much more real? I mean, we're talking about it. Uh, uh, yeah, you know. But, Jeremy, what's your, your, your feelings on all this? I think at first, I think MJF was actually really upset at his contract because even though MJF's like the big prick, dick heel type of guy, he always does like the, the meet and greets. He wouldn't like skip out on them if, he really wasn't upset about something, you know what I mean? But second of all, the the promo was great. I really liked the promo a lot. I It kind of gives me like Brian Pillman vibes. Loose cannon, like you say, back in the day. And uh, I have no idea what's going to happen next, but I'm intrigued. I don't know if they told, if all this stuff is just, hey, come back in a couple months, or if maybe the company or the, the TV company is just that mad at him. And it was like, no, we can't have you on TV. I don't know what they're going to do with MJF, but I, like I said, I'm, I, if they were like, Hey, MJF's going to be on next week, I'm probably going to tune in to see what the hell happens. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Like you said, they have something kind of fire here and like AEW, they're probably not going to capitalize on it until it's too late. Yeah. And so. I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on AEW uh, per the norm, if you want to call it that, but it's not easy to capitalize on this because WWE has that all the time where they either miss the boat on something or they redo something too many times. <laughs> like, it's it's a common, common thing. So this, like, strike with that iron hot. Make MJF your hottest face. L- quite literally, go with it. Run with it. Ha- change nothing. Just have him be an angry man, because everybody loves that. It work. It'll work. Like, it seems easy, but it, it, he's a 26-year-old prodigy right now pulling this off. Go with it. Instead, he's probably going to be on the broadcast tonight. Because maybe it is real and Tony Khan's that dumb and gave that man a live microphone. I, I wouldn't put it past him. The fact that Tony Khan hasn't said anything makes it seem that much more real, but also that much more a work. Because normally he'd be like, you know what? We're going to work on our contract. We're going to figure things out. Tune into Rampage tonight at 10 p.m. Like, it's, where's that tweet? He does that about everything. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but then, then... Stuff kept going because CM Punk had a tag match. Apparently hurt his foot. And now he's injured. And we're getting interim champion. 
See, this is this would have been happening like after we recorded last week. It would have been two days later, so it would have been a horrible, horrible thing. But apparently, his foot's hurt. He injured his foot. People were theorizing it was from those two buckshot lariats that he stumbled on because he failed at once. They redid the spot. He made it even worse. But no, apparently, he's tweaked his foot coming in during his tag match on uh, Dynamite, and he came out, and he is not vacating the title. There is going to be an interim championship between. A couple people at Forbidden Door, and this is where we got to get into some interesting stuff, because they said John Moxley was the number one contender, which didn't line up, but okay, uh, based on his record being better than Wardlow's, and I think a go-go, because they were like 7-0 and or something this year, but it's better quality competition, which is silly, because when you put someone only on Dark, and they don't get to have better chances at opportunity, that's what's going to happen, and they can't elevate. We book a thing called the FPL, we know what that's like a little bit. Frontline League over on Twitter. Go check it out. Uh, so Moxley's the number one contender, kind of, because he's going to face a winner for Battle Royal going on right now. And it's their Casino Battle Royale uh, with a Joker and everything. And it's probably over. And I'll find out in a second when I throw it over to CT. But the reason CT is excited for this one, too, is because the other half of that match, Moxley or the Battle Royal winner, is going to face the winner of a match, Dominion, with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Hiroki Goto. The f- the winners of those will face off at Forbidden Door for the interim championship, meaning CM Punk will face one of those two at some point down the line. So, of course, everyone's theorizing Hiroki Goto, interim world champion. CT, what are your thoughts on that possibility? Yeah, naturally. I wouldn't even say it's a possibility. I would say it's just a future we're living in. Um, it is quite hysterical. Clearly, they just need someone Tanahashi can beat. And you take Goto, who's won the world championship like a decade ago, what hasn't really been relevant as a singles guy for about a decade also. And it's just like, well, I guess we're doing a match. Um, you know, it, but it should be fun. I'm excited. I think obviously the end game here is Tanahashi Moxley, which is a match a lot of people have been wa- uh, wanting. A little bit of an update. We do know Kyle O'Reilly won the Battle Royal. I don't quite see Kyle going on to Forbidden Door, so it probably will just be Moxley. Um, So I think it's really predictable, but the end result is probably going to be a great match. So I'm very excited for that. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for it. I don't think anybody predicted Kyle because I was saying Eddie Kingston because Eddie versus Moxley sounds awesome for a shot at a title and have him advance against a New Japan. That's that's cool. Uh, A lot were saying Miro could be the case. Obviously, MJF was in there as well as Wardlow. Hangman, but nope. Kyle O'Reilly, which I like, but why? I mean, he faces Moxley tonight, right? In the main event? Yes, he does. So, uh, a fresh Moxley versus a battle-tested Kyle O'Reilly. That's, yeah, that's going to be the interim potential champion against Tanahashi or Goto. Um, Punk fears Tanahashi, right? Because he came out there and it was going to be the opponent, and then he was injured after that. <laughs> Tanahashi came out and he started limping, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so Punk versus Tanahashi not happening so it makes me wonder what Moxley was going to do because now obviously Moxley versus Tanahashi seems to be it but for all we know we could have Kyle O'Reilly versus Hiroki Goto interim championship with a double or nothing right? yeah I mean that is technically a possibility right now yes it's as possible as the others Uh, Red do you know who some of these guys are? I get to actually ask that for a world title match on an AW pay-per-view in a couple weeks. Do you know who these people are? <laughs> I can tell you right now, out of the four, I know 50% of them. <laughs> they're the AW they're... guys, right? <laughs> no, they're WWE guys. Oh, well, 
I mean, yeah, yep. Moxley's, I know Moxley's been there. Well, you know, you know about John Moxley since 2019. Kyle O'Reilly, yeah, all right. It hasn't been, been a year yet. But Moxley, you can call him a WWE guy. He's A&W and GCW and that through and through. He's not. It's weird to call him a WWE guy at this point. Yeah, he was there, but. That's where I learned from them. Yeah, but. but okay, okay. I will say, yeah. I met Tanahashi when he came out and answered CM Punk's challenge. So honestly, I think Tanahashi is going to be an interim, and we're going to get Tanahashi versus Punk, which is what they want. But it's going to be later in the year. And I, I guess, what is it, All Out's going to be Chicago? And if CM Punk's healed by then, that's when we're going to get it. Probably Chicago. Yeah, probably Chicago. That seems to be their thing where they want to bring it back to that. So that's likely. Right now uh, it's just time waster until CM Punk's healed. Well, they could have the interim title bounce around if they put it on Mox. Because the idea behind that, and I'll also mention this briefly as a side kind of connector, but John Moxley with a world title reign in front of fans as well as, oh, I don't know, Drew McIntyre with a world title reign in front of fans, seem to be things that are very likely after they kind of got shafted during COVID era, holding down the fort and doing the damnedest job they could. Kudos to them. Uh, it's like Hall of Fame worthy stuff for both of those guys for pulling that off. But yeah, you'll want to see him with the belt in front of the fans too, right? So that we could have easily have a Mox title reign with that. I feel that's possible. Then Mox versus Punk. Could be where we go. And then we just save Tanahashi for next year's Forbidden Door. If there even is one. Who the heck knows that? He has challenged Punk to Wrestle Kingdom, by the way. Not accepted oh, or anything, but has been there, there you go. So, yeah, long-term planning with that. There's there's some wheeling and dealing involved, obviously, to make some of this stuff happen. Because AEW had a problem. And they had to work that stuff out with New Japan. Because that's the next pay-per-view. Oh, how fun that is. It's only you could get, you know, Jonathan Gresham involved with your Ring of Honor world title. I don't know. Call me crazy. He'll probably be at Battle of the Belts in Detroit in like two or three months. Uh, Bear me, what's your thoughts on all this, though? You like New Japan kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. I like I like some I liked some of New Japan, yeah. I mean, I'm not like immersed in it like CT and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Tanahashi versus Mox is going to slap. So it'll be really good. But um, also, breaking news, we have a new title on AEW. What? That they're doing. It's, yes, it's called the All-Atlantic uh, Championship, right? Yes. Is that what it's called? The All-Atlantic Championship? Championship? Yes. yes. What the hell is that? Uh, just take a quick just take a quick peek at it, Scott. It's uh it's in our uh, it's in our it's in our Discord chat for what our, is, our top card. What the hell breaking is news. this? Breaking news. When you so have it seems a like roster it's a title, well, but it seems like it's going to go across promotions. Okay. Know, maybe I'm misinterpreting when you that. have a roster of over 250 people, you need all these titles so that people seem relevant. No, shows. no, you don't. You need shows to make them seem relevant because you got to broadcast them. Um, though Ethan Page all the way, let's go. Uh, that's an AEW title, so yeah. That actually does look like a decent title belt. I, I kind of like it, but... Penta Oscuro and Malachi Black in one round. Buddy Matthews and Pac in another. Ethan Page and Miro. Well, sorry, Ethan. And then, ah, New Japan. They get the go-to. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't know. It's not a tournament. It it's, will determine a four-way match. Oh, true. Yes, not yes. So the winners of those will be part of that four-way match. Okay, sure. Um, I was going to mention that even Strong is getting tag titles. So let's just keep adding titles. Let's go. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Miro. It's just Miro. You think Miro's going to win it? Pac's going to win. Black and him are going to cost each other. Miro's going to destroy Ethan. And 
who who cares who they bring from New Japan? It's not going to matter. It's AEW. The fact that they don't even mention who they are is wild. (laughs) Yeah, Saber Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I can see that. That's a good shout, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, That honestly, though, when you really look at it on paper, that'll be a fun four way. Like that. Finally, we got another match for this damn card. Good lord. Um. Let's let's keep moving through here. No, GMSG, did you want to say anything on this? I, I realize I almost skipped you on this entire thing. Do you even care with what they're doing? Because AEW's been bouncing weird stuff, and it's, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I forgot the topic. Not... <laughs> During the Interim champion. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, I love that, you know, possibly two, three months of their rankings, there's now going to be three championships on their men's ranking because they have to have Punk still there. Like they did with uh, Sammy and Cody. Like I, I get it when you have something like Diana, where it can't like they can't make bookings, where it's biding time until someone can come. Like there's prior arrangement, okay. And in cases where you have, like MMA does interim when someone's injured, we don't want to strip the champion. We know they're going to come back, okay. But wrestling happens all the time. Oh, this person will be up for half a year. We got to move on. Well, they're not moving on from Punk. It's freaking weird. Like. They, they really should, right? Because he can just oh. win it back later. Oh, it's going to be worse. I just realized with this All-Atlantic Town, now there's going to be four championships on their singles men's division. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. More time to take away from the women. Um, <laughs> hey, the um, trios is coming, so. Why? Why? Buddy Matthews is Australian, right? And New Japan, yeah. obviously, that's that's the Pacific. I already mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked the same question. Water knows no boundaries. What? That's why everybody in the chat is like, oh, they're going to pick uh, different people from New Japan, but they're going to be like in the state side. It's like, well, Buddy Murphy's freaking Australian. I don't get it. Why? Okay, we gotta move Obviously, on. Geography wasn't geography wasn't Tony Khan's uh, strong suit. School. We, we we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Okay. He doesn't know another ocean exists. He just flies over the Atlantic to get to England, and he thinks that that's it. Oh God. You know what's kind of funny? There's no Americans. So that's basically the non-American title, is what that is. Yeah, it's only countries that touch the Atlantic. Dude, they made the Cody title after they left Cody. Like, come on. So is this the AEW Intercontinental Championship? Wait! There's no Americans, but there's an American flag in the graphic. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, moving on. In Your House happened. Yep. It was relatively, I'm going to say it, it was kind of a mech card going in. But, as always, it delivered. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. It didn't seem to have that stigma of, it's all going to change on Tuesday. Because it didn't, thankfully. And, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Uh, I did, this is the where I get to say, I missed most of this one going into it. Uh, I, I came home literally as it was ending and then watched it that night, working on write-ups for, again, Frontline League on Twitter, Frontline Prediction League. Uh, it's a very busy time for us in that as well. But, uh, all I'll say is that Legato del Fantasma six-man match with uh, Tony D'Angelo family was awesome. I loved it. And goddamn Julius Creed can fly. Uh, Jim, I'll go to you first here, so you you can jump in. But in your house was a good one, right? Yeah, it was really good. I only had one, like a few minor issues, like with refs and stuff, and then the women's tag having a few missed spots at the end. But for the most part, that show was awesome. 
CT, I know you were saying the same thing because you were kind of feeding me updates partway through. It was a solid show. Yeah, it was a really good show. Um, I also was not really excited. I thought the card was very meh. And I still don't know if, like, it reached takeover greatness, let's say. But, like, you know what? It was really fun. The opening tag had an amazing finish. And the North American title match I thought was really solid. Um, NXT title match was good. I thought it was all solid. I don't know. Nothing blew my socks off. But it was, like, a really enjoyable show to watch. It does feel like they're falling into that groove now. Like not, and I don't mean that like resting on their laurels, but they're fighting their footing, and like this is this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna be consistent with this kind of stuff, and I like that. They already announced uh, Great American Bash for an NXT special coming up, not a pay per view type situation, but just an episode. So yeah, uh, Bear me, you said you were really liking this one too, though, right? Yeah, I ended up watching it the next day because I was out at the time, but I really liked the ending of the six man between uh, Tony D's crew and La Familia, and. Tony, the right people won. Tony D's family grows a little bit bigger. So I like that. Hayes versus Grimes just rules. They're just two great, like, great in the ring. Two great wrestlers in the ring. The tag match is awesome. Yes, Julius Creed can fly. And I'm happy the Creed brothers finally, finally won the tag titles. Like, I've been wanting that for a while. And Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy rolled too. Like, it was a really good main event. And Mandy versus Wendy Chu is great. I don't have to say how much I like Wendy Chu because she's great at what she does. And she's had these weird gimmicks and she just rules at them. So I'd say the only down spot was women's tag. Like Jim Chu was right. They had a couple spots that they kind of messed up at the end. But overall, yeah, it's, it's solid NXT. Like you said, they're really uh, starting to plant their feet with it. And it's starting to get really good So for takeover wise. I, I do feel a little bit with uh, Breaker and Gacy that Breaker, like, he's proving his worth, absolutely. Gacy, I said it before uh, during our chat, there's a bit of a ceiling I find on him, and I think we've hit it. I don't really see much for him on the main roster type stuff. I actually feel that way with Tony D'Angelo, ironically enough. They're winning me over, but it's like, where do we go from here? I, I, don't, I don't know what right. more there is with these guys. And I'm hopeful... Because they're doing well at what they're doing, but it's like, uh, this is all we got. What What's going to happen next? I don't know. Uh, Gacy, he ate shit on that table blow. When he got speared on that table, oh, he bent in half. That was horrible. But he's yeah, like he a did. former CZW, like, three-time champ or something. Like, he's he's a hardcore guy at, at heart from original stuff. So, he's fine. He's fine. He bled, too. Very small. Very, very small. But it counted for our bonuses and our FPL. Again, Frontline League. Uh, but Red, Red, what were your thoughts on this show? be honest, I don't remember much of the show. Um, I, I do remember I had a great time. You can ask CT. Uh, I was uh, pretty lit. The six-man, though, I, I enjoyed the finish. I know I heard a lot of people say that was dumb, but I, I enjoyed the uniqueness of the guy just falling on him. Uh, the only other problem I have with the show is toxic attraction having to attack people before their match. I know that's their gimmick, but he already did it once in a night to do it again later in the night. Do it one time. You don't need to do it both, especially because it's from the same faction. But to do it both times, it, it felt like a repeat. And I honestly don't even remember any Braun Baker match. So, well, because as usual, the match before the main event is your main event. We haven't had that in a while, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a great match. Like, honestly, I felt like that... I mean, I know it won't be, but that was a better main event match than the Braun Breaker having with the whole weird DQ, not DQ, teasing part... It, it felt too gimmicky, whereas the Creed versus Pretty Deadly, at least it was a solid straight wrestling match with some great 
like the Creed brothers have grown on me. They, I really don't think they need to be in Diamond Mind. I wish they would have lost and then won the title on their own, but they won it, so be it. But the actual match, they were impressive to that point. To be fair, they did still win it on their own. There was no helping or interference or anything because, I mean, Strong's a bit of a heel now and Hathaway's an AEW. Uh, I did. I know we talked a bit about uh, in our, our private chat too about the whole thing with Toxic Attraction attacking and it felt like a repeat. That is the point though. That's their MO. That's all three of them doing it. So like I, I didn't have a problem with that, but I get it. If it's if it's repetitive seeming or coming across that way, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, now we're blowing through this quick because we basically this is the main reason because we only got a little bit more time with CT. So I'm going to go to him first. But Hell in a Cell happened, and this was another card where we're like, ah, it looks kind of whatever on paper. It's a one match show, and I hope it's good. It looks it should be fun. These usually deliver. And oh god, wait, Cody's hurt. How bad is it? It's a peck. No, that can't. No. And then he took his jacket off, and oh my god. Um. CT, you go first, because we're, we're low on time, but um, holy Christ, Cody Rhodes. There are very few times watching wrestling where you really are like, they can't do this. And then they do it. And this is one of those moments. I mean, it really was. And I think overall, the show is good. I don't think it was like, again, similar to In Your House, didn't think it was blow away, thought it was solid. But that main event is going to go down like as a moment for years, which is like, I was really thinking after the show, I was like, you know, sure, I think we all assumed the match was going to be great, but I don't think we thought it would be a moment like it was. Um, hard to watch, but really well worked, really well structured, really well handled. Um, thank God everything went okay as it did, but truly just one of the most like shocking things I've seen. And like the fact that it wasn't just like a moment, like him pulling off the coat and then oh, a quick beat down or something. But it was a full, well-built match and a segment the next night. I mean, it really was one of the most impressive things I've seen in quite a while. Cody, with this specifically, I think, this whole run he's had, but especially this moment, I mean, he was elevated already, but he's just now, I think, hit, like, top tier. I mean, he has, like, fully, I think, cemented himself as being one of the best working today. And it really was just incredible to watch. Like, no words just applause he i think he's a made man now yeah if he wasn't i mean he was going to win the world title anyway this has bear me he'll tell you but now he can't not win the world title like it's 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 destiny it really feels like it uh like he's hall of fame bound he was already so many guys are but like this is this is a legendary thing i know it sounds hyperbolic to say that but Compare this to things like when Triple H tore his pec, which is how you know this is real because it's the same kind of thing. And goddamn, Cody posted a picture today. His whole arm's purple now. But he tore his pec in that match against uh, Undertaker and Kane where he teamed with Michaels. I think, forget if that was actually Australia or Saudi now, but it was one of those. And he, it was just bad. Like He had one arm and could do barely anything. The match fell apart. Cody Rhodes came out there wearing that 50-pound jacket and had a full match, like you said. Seth poked it with a stick and beat on him, and Cody was, like, having trouble with a sledgehammer, and they went, if I remember correctly, thanks to one of our guys who's, like, doing a timing in, in another match uh, with uh, the FPL in another league, it was just shy of 25 minutes with a torn pectoral muscle that, as far as we understand it, started from Friday during the brawl, got worse that night, or sorry, started Monday during the brawl, because they're on Raw, 
got worse that during weight training, and then two days later he had this match. And like I've seen what doctors have said about it, where like it, it's not going to get any worse. It's completely torn, period, dot. It's not going to get worse. But you might overcompensate and injure something else. There's that risk. And it's going to hurt like hell. So the fact that he did that is insane. The most painful looking thing out of all of it, ironically enough, wasn't the buckle bomb through a table. It wasn't the th multiple crossroads or even like the pedigree. But it was when Seth tore Cody's shirt off. And it was jerking his arm in a weird way to get that sleeve off. That looked like the most painful thing to me on Raw. <laughs> like, it was just, it was insane. Um, but yeah, Triple H's torn peck. Uh, him tearing the quad at the end of a match and then finishing it is another similar one. Yeah, we've seen, like, Vader had his eye knocked out and pushed back in. Guys have been bloodied, like, Great Muda and Eddie Guerrero. Like, legendary bloody incidences, incidences is the word I meant for. Uh, but as far as for something like this, I, like, I'm racking my brain thinking of things like Sabu and ECW having his arm cut from barbed wire and duct taping it closed. Like, this is the level of thing we're going on, but this is Cody Rhodes walking out with a torn peck and having a full 25-minute main event Hell in a Cell match against Seth Rollins, who also, CT, you asked me this, and then I'll go to the other, sorry, but you asked me if you thought this match was better for it. And I think for like for what it will make of Cody and Seth and this feud and this run and this encounter and everything, it made it that much more like it's mythical. It's, it's going to be a thing like this is going to be one of those. Oh, my God, he did that. Would it have been as good of a match otherwise? Potentially, because I think that these Cody was going to be Cody and Seth was going to make up for the fiend. So he like he wanted like it was going to be good, but they were going to do things where we we're going to look back and go, oh, God, they went too far. Oh, that was insane. Thankfully, they didn't have to. They did this instead, which is its own level of insane. GMSG, to come over to you on this, I know you were talking a lot about this, about how, like, Seth, like, Cody must trust Seth quite literally with his life more than you could ever think, and the, the amount of respect that these guys must have, and the insanity of this. I've said my spiel. What, what have you got on this? Well, I mean, that polka dot outfit was great to start oh. off with, making slight joke at uh, Dusty. I mean, within a minute, he went outside, grabbed a kendo stick, and I'm like, oh, no, Gabriel Iglesias, he's going to poke him with a stick. And he literally dug it into the pack, and I just heard you scream like five seconds later, and I was <laughs> laughing so hard. I mean, the thing is, I usually don't, like, I hate wrestlers wrestling and injuries, like, when it's really bad. Thankfully, it wasn't a leg injury or a head injury, so, like, it was somewhat safe for Seth, and they didn't do any moves where he was, like, lifting him above his head, thankfully. But it was gruesome. It was crazy. I mean, it slowed the match down a lot. So it was more ground and pound than actual moves. They were very safe with each other, thankfully, other than, you know, hitting the peck, which was nasty with a belt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the weight belt, because Seth had his own polka dot weight belt with uh, Visionary on it, and he, of course, hit him with it. And, yeah. It's, uh, I think the thing that we realized, like I said, it went 25 minutes. They could have ended it multiple times. And they had false finishes where we both thought it was over. For both guys. And the obvious part here is he's going for surgery. Cody's going to lose. Or is he? Like, and of course, oh, Seth Rollins lost to a one-armed man. The gutsiest one-armed man there is. Like, that, that's how good this was. And he's, Seth's already bounced. He's fine. He's Teflon. He'll be fine forever. Uh, but, but Red, what was your thoughts on this? This was a main event I know you watched. 
you didn't you you were up for this one. What were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, CT kind of stole my words. Yeah, it went from being a match to a moment. Uh, honestly, it saved the pay per view for me. The all the matches leading up to it just felt like a really good booked Raw and SmackDown. Like nothing out of the what seven matches, six matches before it were spectacles that were worth watching. We were all waiting for Cody. Like he kind of stole the show by not even being there until the main event. And then the moment he took off the jacket, the entire crowd of 50,000 plus or whatever was there just hushed. Everybody just knew this moment was about to be a big deal. And we were in chat just sitting there trying to stay quiet while other people behind were waiting. You couldn't. Like, it was just so painful in such a moment you could not hold back. Uh, Like I said, though, the rest of the show was meh, but this, this match became a moment that they'll replay for the next or 15, 20 years. Every time you think of a Hell in a Cell match, this will be brought up. Oh, yeah. Hell in a Cell match, Cody Rhodes, Seth, like all, all of it. Like this, this probably, for me, is probably feud of the year by this point, even though it was 3-0 and for Cody. <laughs> um, I can't wait for the fourth. L- legitimately, like, le- let's, let's go. It's going to be a while. Cody Rhodes is probably winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> he's probably winning the title at WrestleMania. And imagine that. Comes back at Mania, the the forgotten son come back to do it. The prodigal son returns, and one year later wins the title. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds I like that a lot. But who knows? Maybe even sooner. I I really can't say. Uh, Bear me. I'm gonna come to you with a little bit of a, a unique difference on this though, because as far as for injuries and stuff, I know a few instances where like we've seen MMA fighters go in there talking later, like, oh yeah, I have a torn rotator or I have this torn muscle or like my one finger's hurt and things like that. Like we've heard those before. And obviously there's the legendary Michael Jordan flu game where he was sick and he still went out there and did that. But as far as for for wrestling, this is insane. Like <laughs> I I can't I can't fathom it. And yet we watched it and it was insane. What were your thoughts on this? Because you we've jokingly I, I, I I'm sorry, I'm I'm dragging this on, but we went from, like, ironically loving Cody in the worst way from December when he was like, everything is wrong about Cody and it's amazing, we love it. He's turned it around where we're legitimately on board. And I think none more so than you with adrenaline in your soul. Uh, what do you got? Adrenaline. I got adrenaline in my soul like Cody had adrenaline in his soul that, that night. He had to have, or they had to shoot him up with Something, I don't know. Yeah, you were talking about, like, MMA performances. There was just a fight not too long ago where the guy, like, his shoulder popped out. They had to stop it. And I'm like, man. I was like, that looks terrible. And then Cody takes off his jacket. And I'm thinking, man, that kind of looks worse than that shoulder popping out. But, like you said, Cody's a made man now. Like, if you'd have told me a year ago that... Cody Rhodes would probably be the biggest babyface in all of wrestling. I mean, I'm I'm kind of being a little biased here. I, I kind of want to say that he is, because, like, I don't really know too many people that hate him now, except for, like, hardcore AEW people. So, yeah, like you said, he's a made man. And even on even on Raw, he, like, made that, he did that promo where he's like, yeah, maybe I'll even, and then he, like, looked up at, like, the money in the bank, like, briefcases. I'm like, dude, you're not going to come back for that. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's... It's really mind-boggling to see that how far he's come, you know? And, like, 
I know this is Roman's world. Like everybody says it's Roman's world. We're all just living in it. Well, I think Cody Rhodes is knocking on the door and saying, hey, there's there's another guy over here now, you know, for when he comes back eventually. Because those are like the two biggest guys in the company. Like you have Roman on one side and you have Cody on the other. And I think he's entered that chat into, into almost into Roman territory. Not with like the titles and stuff, but like he feels almost as big. Not almost as big, but he's he's getting there. Dude, they had the Cody counter. And it's great. They did. And it was great. And it's just, they've done everything right in his booking. Like, I know that we all give WWE a lot of crap sometimes about their booking, and they always mess it up somehow. His booking has just been perfect. And I don't know who's doing it, who's writing it, whatever, but everything he's done has been great. And I can't wait for him to come back. I hope it's sooner than Rumble. It'll probably be at Rumble. He'll probably win the Rumble. But whatever he does next when he comes back, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. It'll be great. What's cool is Cody's return was one of the greatest things in wrestling this year. Just it was so hyped. They did it. It was like you can go back and listen to our past episode about it. We were just we loved it. And they get to do it again. <laughs> like naturally, it's gonna happen again. Here we go. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I I think overall Hell in a Cell was a fun card with some good matches. The Moss and Corbin was a lot of fun. Uh, the women's three-way was awesome. That opened the main show. That was fantastic. Yeah. Actually, there were no tag matches or matches prior to that, actually. The kickoff had nothing. Uh, but overall, it was a one-man show. It was a one-match show, and it was a one-man show. All respect to Seth, but good God, Cody Rhodes. Like, yeah. It, he, he's made for life on that. If he wasn't already. But now it's undeniable. So... Uh, now we've we are on the most limited of limited time with CT, so I'm just gonna throw to him real quick here. If he has any thoughts on this stuff with Judgment Day, adding Finn Balor and then kicking out Edge. Uh, rumors say that Edge didn't like the idea of the supernatural aspect being added to the faction, and that's why he's out. Who the hell knows if that's true or not? It's 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 Balor Club, it's Bullet Club, whatever. Now, um. Anything you want to say on that? Or anything else you want to comment on before you, you leave us here? God, I feel so special having an episode based around me. I also probably look like the biggest asshole to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, not necessarily super well built if you look at how you build a story. But I think it was a great moment. I'm excited for Balor to do something substantial. And Edge gets to be babyface. And there's a lot of money in that. So good for him. Um, other than that, Hiromu won Best Super Juniors. And it was good. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, what happened in New Japan? I can actually ask, what happened on Dynamite? Well, Will Ospreay showed up. So yeah. that's cool. Be, they're doing a trios match for the ROH tag titles. So that's good. Weird <laughs> to see ROH titles on an AEW New Japan show, but that that's okay. You know, I was calling it. I was mentioning that it makes sense to include their other brand, which is Tony Khan's other brand. Who the, <laughs> the brand's alive, you know? So wait, Will Ospreay, hold on. What, what's the Ring of Honor tag match then? It's FTR versus uh, Rapongi Vice versus Cobb and Ocon, who are in Osprey's faction. His entire faction showed up. So was I'm Os- not watching. That's what well, I'm told. So what's Osprey doing? He has said he wanted a singles match against an AW original, but there's been nothing built. Oh. It seems like yet. There's a, it doesn't seem like much has been built for the show entirely, though. So. I assume we actually won't get a lot of build. I assume after Dominion, we'll get like a press release with just like 10 matches. But yeah. Because we'll like Osprey versus like a Danielson sounds fun, but Danielson's wanted what? 
Saber Jr. because there's an yeah. award named after him that Sabers won. <laughs> if I'm correct on that, is that Osprey who's won that award? I forget. No, Sabers beat Brian for the award for the Doesn't, Brian Danielson award. And that makes sense. That should be the match there because Danielson's not an AW original. But like, we've seen Osprey and Mox, and Mox is probably occupied. So it's like a Jericho makes sense for Osprey. My then. God. Um, Jeez. Don't put that out in there. Why? Why? You know. I think him and Darby Allen, despite both being pieces of the shit, oh, would be a very good match. Piece of shit match. There you go. That's yeah. Or Penta. I think there's a lot of good options. I wouldn't put Jericho. I, I would just leave Jericho off the card personally, but you know. That means he'll be on commentary. Oh, Nobody wants true. that. <laughs> You'd bring up a good he'd point. Be, he'd be better than Jim Ross. Well, for half of <laughs> Well, debating. Red, what's your thoughts with the stuff with Judgment Day, though? Because I agree. Like, why would a faction that won out someone? It, it makes no sense in, in that aspect. Of, like, the pure aspect of it, yeah. But I like the idea of Edge being a face again and Balor being in, in the faction. It works. But what, what's your feeling here? So the rumor mill is the faction supposedly is supposed to be going more supernatural. And they kind of teased at the beginning with them just showing up and the lights going out and all that. And Edge really wasn't a part of it, so that's why they kind of removed him. But the thing that got me going and made sense in my head was they said they wanted to get rid of the weak link. The only reason Edge kept winning was the other people. And then uh, uh, Rhea had to protect Edge in the match. Like, Edge was always the person that was going to get beat or whatever, and this uh, Judgment Day had to protect him. So he was the weakest link. Now should Finn Balor be the leader? No. I don't like that. I think, honestly, AJ would have been a better person. But maybe they'll put it on Priest. Priest seems like the better talker, the better look for the centerpiece. Like, I know the rumor was always going to be four. I, I've never been a fan of four because whole entrance feels like three people. Though, standing on the – like, I know they can make it work, but three I think is a great number for these two and the one uh, male-female kind of collaboration. Uh Edge is gonna, has been written off TV. They announced that on the bump today. I think there's like a fractured jaw, eye socket, whatever rumor they had to put for an injury. Now, it could be real, but it's probably not. It's probably just to give him some time away, and then he's going to show back up around SummerSlam. Um, oh, the usual back at money to back to... The usual. He, he's injured for a bit. That's why he's not always here. It's it's the, yeah. the Lesnar special is now the Edge special. He's like, oh, he's here for a bit, here for a bit, here for a bit. Oh, he's hurt. He's back, though. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean... I kind of want to stay up a little bit longer because I know we need a good face, but we're about to have Cena show back up, and we really don't need Cena and Edge on the same show again. I, that's just my opinion. I know that's probably not the like optimal opinion, but I don't want both of them on the show at the Stack same time. Stack the show. Why not? Because you have new talent. You need to start putting over. I'm tired of them bringing back old people to get the ratings, but you're never going to have new people like move on, up and whatever. Like, you bring Cena back, the only way this makes any sense of good is Theory wins. Yeah. If, but I don't see Theory winning. Oh, I no. think they're going to have <laughs> Cena get this moment, win the match, and it's just like, you're shitting all over your future. And I, I know it's right now and not right later, but I want to see these newer guys go over the older guys. Them kicking out uh, Edge, again, Finn Balor's still a veteran in my eyes, but Priest has a moment right now where he could be the guy. Mm-hmm. I know he's older, but he's still new in the company kind of thing. I believe he's in his 40s. Kind he's of? Look- he's He's been he's- there for a while. Like, he, he's been on the main roster for a year or so now, and he was in NXT for a year or two before that. So he's been with but the company like that- four or five years. 
It feels still like not veteran status. I mean, he is a veteran though, because he was in ROH oh, for yeah, years before. Yeah, that. exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like he is an elderly guy. I mean, again, being forty and the way he looks, he doesn't look forty at all. He's not elderly to be clear. Forty <laughs> isn't elderly, <laughs> by the way, because AJ Styles is old. <laughs> AJ Styles is older than he is. AJ Styles is forty-five years old. AJ Styles looks older. No, he doesn't. He, Damian Priest looks old as fuck. He's just, he's got that weird look. He he doesn't like he doesn't like look. He's youthful, but he looks old. Is that Cena coming back for only one show? Yeah. What, like, so he's only I mean, back for that one Raw right now. Yeah, it's his anniversary right now. But that's his return. You know, they're not going to just have him for one show. He's going to be there for. I don't think. I, I mean, know last year they did that. He was back on a couple Raws to promote SummerSlam, and then had his match at SummerSlam. That's all he did. <laughs> He I might be around longer. Doing again. Yeah, so it's not okay. So he'll put people over when he's there. Potentially. Oh, I, just, I don't think he's gonna put people over, but well, I, I just don't think he's gonna like be a mainstay on Raw for a while. I think he's gonna be at that show, maybe like let's say one other in SummerSlam, if that. Yeah, he'll he'll boost things up a bit, but he won't be like the main focus of it. I mean he will honestly he will for one part of it, because it will be the twentieth anniversary of John Cena. So okay, yeah, he's gonna have that show. Like Orton had his and Brock kind of never got his, but you know it, it's that year for these guys, so there there is a bit of that happening right now. But it's yeah, I I, I get what the future stuff like. It's not. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that. Um, but like, th- there's only so much you can do to f- get these guys out there. Like, okay, we talked a bit of uh, at length about Mad Cat Moss last time, and how about that future and where he's going. Well, he definitively beat. Corbin now so like what's your feelings on him after this after that extra couple weeks since that last time like do you feel like they're that's it like that trigger has been pulled he's on his way other than his look I think he's a mainstay like he has the opportunity right now he moving on from Baron Corbin he needs to move up the ranks but they need to give him I know he has a character but his look is not a character it feels very generic very this is local indie talent. He doesn't stand out to anybody else on the roster, in my opinion. I mean, when he got rid of the suspenders, he became Wardlow Light. Yeah, exactly. Like, I even told Bane Abyssa, the suspenders were a part of it. Like, I know that gets rid of the whole the whole uh, Baron Corbin storyline. Like, that's why he's there. He has suspenders, all that jazz. But, I mean, I would have been fine with him keeping suspenders or just at least put a tank top on. Like, hell, come out as Brock Lesnar Light with the tank top. I'm fine with. Just something other than black trunks and knee pads. I was saying he needs to have a singlet, and there's suspenders, like, artwork on the singlet. Because you keep that look, right? There's the something about that character in there. But, but Jim, what's your thoughts with the whole uh, Judgment Day stuff? To go back to that <laughs> original topic with Edge and all that. Uh, I'm fi- I find it great. I mean, it makes sense. Edge needs time off. Edge keeps them as fan favorites. So it was always like, oh, let's cheer for them still. Gives Balor new meaning. Makes sense story-wise, too. Do it when they're at the hottest. They won three in a row. It's just like what they did with the Shield. Broke them up when they destroyed Evolution. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think AJ's out for like a month or so. Oh, yeah, busted up. Because um, I saw, like, uh, ringside of it, and, like, you see him oh, word, oh, fuck. Like, he's in serious pain, and blood was gushing. Like, I think he has a concussion. He still got back in the ring for a bit, but, yeah, he's he's out, it looks like. Yeah. so. Uh, and, Bear Me, just to round this out, what's your thoughts with it? Yeah, um, 
I really like Balor a lot, so it makes sense for him to be the leader of this, especially if you give me, like, the NXT kind of version of Balor when he went back down there and he was, like, the prince, and he was just, like, kind of this cool, like, heel-slash-tweener. Give me that, and Rhea and Damian can just get better under him, too, because Balor knows a lot about the company. He's one of the nicest guys, so them hanging around him is just going to help them grow even more. I think it's the perfect person to put there. I think Balor would be a way better person to put there instead of AJ. I don't know. I could just because I think Balor's talking and promos. I think they're a little bit better. But I think yeah, I'm I'm hyped for that. There's a bit more edge to him too. In and a horrible yeah. horrible pun. I just realized as I said that. But there <laughs> there's there's just something about AJ. Like no matter how much of a heel he is, people do want to cheer him. And that does kind of happen with Finn also, but Finn can be a right bastard. And he can come off as like a heel in like akin to Damien and Rhea. And Rhea's already won the world title shot for Bianca at the pay-per-view. So like it's the the benefits are there for her. Hey, look at that. Which again all comes off what we talked about with the potential of opportunity knocks when someone goes and you see what happens with Sasha and Naomi, which no news on that front, so we'll see that. And yeah, I've got noted on our notes here just as we round this down after the hour, which just passed. Yeah, there's stuff with Stephanie McMahon who has a leave of absence, and apparently some are saying that like corporate WWE has put out internal memos saying that it was not a leave of absence and it was a dismissal of sorts and that Vince isn't even happy because people don't leave. Who the hell knows? I saw that news like last night and today. I don't know anything about that, so I'm not going to comment any more about that, but rumors are weird and people like to think they know what's going on when they don't. I'm not going to join that club. I don't know what it is. But also, we did have something brief, and we'll actually come back on this. I'm going to mention it briefly here just to kind of give that teaser, but Apollo Crews on NXT. He came back uh, teaming up with Braun Breaker last night because uh, we're recording this on Dynamite Wednesday, as always. And his gimmick is gone. Like, he's not the Nigerian prince anymore. The, the accent's gone. And he's just helping up Braun Breaker. And I know Red was talking a little bit that we were kind of going back and forth about the, the situation there. And I mean, we haven't seen Apollo on TV. I, ironically, aside from the 24-7 chase, he was part of that. But really in that gimmick in a while. So it's kind of a weird pull. But he himself even said he wanted to go back to NXT. Or he, he left too soon. So it really is a wait and see on that one. So that's our tease kind of for where they go from there. Is it going to be... Is it going to be a Balor style where he's there for a while or Natalia or Ziggler? Like, it's a little bit. And, I mean, hell, even Ziggler's back on Raw going after almost, which is a crazy thing to do. Sure, why not? Go for it. But I'll leave it at that. Is there any more news? Because we've already gotten matches for Forbidden Door. We got a Battle Royal winner. We got a new championship for crying out loud. Is there anything else, guys, from AEW Dynamite that we need to talk about here before we sign off for the match? Um Cole or Cole Hangman Page says that uh, he wants a shot at the IWGP World Championship and he wants to face Okada. So, there's that. I I did see that actually was a rumored match that he would be going after that. Um, that is if Jay White doesn't take it off Okada. I really feel like doing Forbidden Door without Okada as champ. It'd be kind of weird. It seems like that's the way they're gonna go, but I really don't know. Um. Red, who you got? Hangman or Okada? Two clothesline people, by the way. I don't know Okada, but... For hey, do you saw him on... New Japan. You've seen him here and there, I thought. I mean, I may have, but honestly, it's not one of those guys I can pick out. Fair. 
Um, I mean, they had, uh, who was it? Somebody came, United Empire come out tonight? Yeah. And I barely know Will Ospreay. I was able to pick him out. But um, if it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling title, I, I don't think Hangman's taking it. I don't see a lot of the... The only one I can see going to the other, quote-unquote, promotion is the A&W Interim Championship. Mm-hmm. I could see that going to a New Japan guy, but a lot of these other titles, I don't see anybody actually giving up to the other company for any given time. I know there are some guys on AEW that do New Japan shows, so maybe you'll go to them. But a lot of it, I don't see switching. What about you, GMC? Oh, no one from New Japan's winning in it versus uh, AEW. No one. So Hangman's going to win the IWGP title? No. It's not even be for the title, probably. It's AEW. They don't give a shit about anyone else. I, I, I'll be shocked if they actually have it for the title. I kind of agree, because they very rarely do uh, matches like that outside of their official ones, but you never freaking know at this point. It could be weird. Like, if he wins it, he's losing it like a week later. Oh, yeah. On that dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Because they'll all still be, like, they could keep someone there and win it back on Dynamite. Or, you know, fucking Dark for all we know, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, it, we just well, look at it. The, what was it, the IWGP US title was Lance Archer, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't give a shit about him. They barely even cared when Moxa was it, had it. So, like, two of their stars had it and they didn't care. Well, I mean, they got to keep Colt Cabana signed because they got to have him work the ROH stuff, which might be coming back in July. You know, instead of keeping parts of your Dark Order and, and Jurassic Express factions, got to keep Colt Cabana, who all, all respect the Colt. I find him kind of bland and not worth keeping around on the roster in that way. Surprises me, but there you go. Oh, and you can't have him on oh. AEW because Punk is there and they don't like each other. So you got to put him on the other brand you happen to have affiliated with, you know. Harry, I'm certain I'm shit with Cole Cabana. Anytime <laughs> you can do that, that's great. Well, but, um, yeah. is, is Hangman winning at Bear So, well, here's what I, I totally, I didn't see the rest of it. Adam Cole came out and was like, no, I want a shot at the title. You get to the back of the line. So, I'm guessing if it does happen, I guess I'm, I'm going to go with it this way. I think Jay White will beat Okada. And I think Jay White will face Adam Cole at Forbidden Door. And I think... Okada will face Hangman Page at Forbidden Door, and I think Okada beats Page, and I think White beats Cole. That sounds about right. I like all that. Don't get me wrong; these all sound like they will be actually good matches, but it's just so weird. It's so. And it's so like weird. we'll have what, like one? We have like what two weeks again? Yeah. Booking and stuff. We have two weeks of build. Like, why am I invested in this? Besides, it's just dream matches that I probably will never see again. You but know, they're they're not even really that. the dream matches. They're just neat. Yeah. It's pretty much just an exhibition, kind of. Yeah, like in a way. In in a lot of ways, with this, like in next weekend is. I mean, this weekend is NWA's always ready with a injured Matt Cardona who had surgery, so the title's probably going to be vacated. And I cannot wait for him to keep calling himself the real world's champion with a belt that gets blurred out on GCW pay per views. It's going to be amazing because he gets to do that gimmick. <sighs> So we might have a new champion there with Nick Aldis in some way. But then next weekend is Slammiversary. And the weekend after that is Forbidden Door. And then the weekend after that is Money in the Bank. And oh god, it doesn't stop. Um, so stuff really has to stand out. And I don't think Forbidden Door is going to stand out as much as people think they will. 
if anything, MJF's promo is kind of funny. It's like, oh, for people who, you know, I don't pretend I watch New Japan. Well, I don't watch New Japan, but I follow it. But, mm, yeah, it's it's not going to be as crazy as they think. Or, pr- prove me wrong, this is going to be the show of shows for the year for them. But it's only like a month after their last one, so I really don't know what to expect. That's weird for them. Are you excited for Forbidden Door, Bear Me? Honestly, yeah, I kind of am. Just because it's matches that I don't normally see, so you know, it's it'll it'll be fun. It is something but, something new, definitely. Like yeah, you, you give me Okada and Hangman Page, oh, I'll be hyped for that. Where he goes for the buckshot and catches him with the Rainmaker instead. Oh, dude, yeah, it'll be sick. It'll be something sick like that. It won't be where like you know Punk goes for a buckshot lariat twice and messes it up. It'll be flawless. Red, how about you? Are you intrigued for Forbidden Door? I'm glad you changed it from excited to intrigued because I'm sitting in my head. I'm like, I'm not really <laughs> excited for it. It's all yeah, new it's though, intrigued. right? It's, it's all new. It's the word. It's gonna. Uh, it's new, but not new, which is cool for me. Like I like I said, uh, I started seeing some of this New Japan stuff. I know it's strong, so some of the people that are coming over. Um, I'm just hoping it's. Booked evenly. I know GMBC said none oh. of the New Japan guys are winning. I, I can see that, and that's going to be a very, like, a very bad downfall for me. Like, we saw, what was it, uh, Super Card of Honor? Yeah. Yeah, all AEW won, and it, it kind of sucked the life out of that show. But if they have it back and forth, a little unexpected here, win here or there, I'll be fine for it. But just to have all of AEW guys win... It just shows AEW really doesn't care, and honestly, no promotion wants to probably work with that anymore. Or, hey, we get AEW; they're a big deal, so we get notification or noticed by them now. So it, it's double-edged sword, I guess, at that point. Sorry, did you mean Supercard of Honor from this year, or G1 Supercard from a couple of years back with ROH? No, this one where Tony Khan had just bought it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a bunch of AEW people come down and basically win all the matches. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so GMSG, AEW is going to win everything, right? I mean, I mean, the there's is, a there's a few that it won't, obviously, right? But yeah, well, yeah, I, I, it's going to be a lot like G One Supercard, where it was New Japan versus New Japan, AEW versus AEW, and then a mixture of both against each other. I just depending on how they book it with champions, if there's not that many champions from New Japan, I just don't see them winning almost at all. Like we've seen how Tony Khan treats ROH. ROH at least treated New Japan with some respect, but New Japan needs to grow in America here, and to do that, they have to try to deal with AEW. They're working with Impact even on the other side. They're talking with WWE, but nothing's coming from that, I guess. Uh, Tony's just... It's Tony. If it was Cody and the Young Bucks and them, I could definitely see it being split, but not with them. Yeah, it's a it's a weird situation, and by the time you hear from us again, it'll either have just happened or be about to. So we'll we'll leave it at that after this hour and a bit. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening, and thanks everyone for listening. With this, it is again top of the card, top of the card pod on Twitter, top of the card podcast found on Spotify, on iTunes, on all those fun places, and you can go over to Frontline League for the Frontline Prediction League. And you can go through either of those and find our Discord, which has both for live events and stuff. And also our league for uh, 
all these shows we talked about with predictions coming up. Not NWA, we don't do those. But for all the other ones talked about, you can see our character stuff and lots of fun stuff in that as well. It's a lot of fun. So thanks again, everybody. Have a good night.